Welcome to another version of Real You Podcast. Um, my name's Mark. We're going to still be uh, continuing our the topic of the humanity of God. And this is really just getting deep down inside of me, and now I'm starting to see some things and hear some things and conceive some things. And we've been talking about, uh, for the last three weeks, talked about the humanity of God and how some of the writings of the early fathers and how it was imperative that the incarnation or the virgin birth <clears throat> was the reality uh, in their words they said it was um, the nativity was a secret recreation by which human nature was assumed and restored to his original state and we talked a little bit about uh, the angel Gabriel coming to Mary and how it relates to us and manifesting our divine and we uh, the last topic Last time we talked about the communion table and the need for seeing the humanity of God. So I won't reiterate all that. You can download it, listen to it, and 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 pass it on to others. We read in Saint Gregory said this word, these words, real simple. Humanity had to be brought back to life by the humanity of God. And we had to be called back to him by his son. Let the rest be uh, adored in silence. The humanity had to be called back to life by the humanity of God. So it was imperative that God took upon flesh. It was his uh, original plan. And uh, the early father said that the incarnation or the manifestation of the son of God in our midst actually brought man back to its original state and uh, so when talking about the humanity of God and I'm, I'm seeing more and more especially in in this couple of last couple of weeks I'm seeing more and more the reality of how we have to see the humanity of God to help us process and understand our divinity in him and uh Sometimes our walk of divinity, a divine life, divine nature, walk in him is almost uh, too much because we know ourselves, we know our flesh, we know our thoughts, we know our appetites of our flesh, we know their carnality, we know what all we've gone through, what we think, what we're about. And sometimes it becomes difficult to um, even comprehend that we would actually live and move and breathe in him and be like him. But that's the reality is, and the part of it is is seeing him um, as the humanity part of God. And uh, there's a couple of things we're going to talk about today, uh, the humanity of God and how it relates to helping us perceive our divinity in him. And we're going to talk about this idea of perceiving him in Revelation. We talked last time about um, our perception is our true awareness and know, knowing and knowledge of and and he is to us who we think he is and that is a that is quite a thing even though in other words if we don't perceive who he is in reality it doesn't matter that's that's who he is to us um we could say there is no god that could be our perception certainly a lot of people believe that but it doesn't change who he is. He doesn't suffer from low self-esteem. He's still God, whether you believe him or not. And he's still the true essence of who he is, whether we perceive it or not. And uh, 
you know, if you think back across your life, the the revelation is progressive, and it's, um, in other words, I know a whole lot more, I think, than I did 29 years ago when I started, or 30, or however long it was, but yet I had to start somewhere and build upon that foundation to get me to where I am today, and so I couldn't just jump in from where I was to where I am. One day I was in uh, Denver, I used to fly out there all the time, and um, and I have a wonderful mentor out there, Father Gregory and Bishop Ash were there a lot, and I had some wonderful friends and, and, and incredible revelations, insights, perceptions, um, probably one of the most revelatory people in the world live in Denver, for, for me anyway. And one day we were doing a Friday morning prayer, and we were just coming into this reality of sacramental life and the beauty of it. And I was really observing and absorbing the beauty of the sacramental life. And we always did prayer meetings on Friday morning, and and I'm quite sure they still do. and been doing them since the inception of the ministry, and it's just quite amazing to see, you know, about 100 people come to prayer on Friday morning at 6 o'clock in the morning, and then go eat breakfast and then go to work and go about their business. But one certain morning I was out there in Denver and it was a it was a beautiful time and we were we were having sacramental life um taking the Eucharist and I at the consummation of our prayer meeting for that hour we took communion <coughs> around the altar and the altar was down on the floor and where everyone could gather around it which was very intimate it was um it was hard to describe. It was very intimate. It was probably more real to me than it has been in a long time. And I don't know why it was just this moment. But I remember uh, coming to the table and um, partaking. And uh, I, I heard the Spirit of the Lord tell me something that, um, you know, some 11 years later, I'm still reflecting on it today at this moment. Um, you know, you think you know. Um, that's the beauty of what God ch- tells you or st- says stuff to you. He may have said it to me 11 years ago, but today it, it still means the same thing, yet it has expounded into some more things. Just like when I read one scripture 10 years ago and 10 years now, it, d- it still means that original revelation to me or the original insight, but now it means so much more. So... As I stood there at the table that day, um, I heard the Spirit of the Lord just impress upon my spirit, and he just very plainly said, unless you can see me broken, you are not allowed to see me as I am at all. And that was pretty profound because we always want to see him in his glorified, resurrected state. But he told me these words 10 and a half, maybe 10 and a half, almost going on 11 years ago. Unless you see me broken, you're not allowed to see me at all. And I, I you know, because the, the, the sacramental life and the Eucharistic table and the great Thanksgiving and the communion is a celebration and a, a remembering of his brokenness. And which is profound in itself, because how could you imagine that? Jesus as God, the Son of the living God, could submit unto death, which is impossible for him to die, which 
I don't even want to get into theological uh, debate over that, but the reality is he said, unless you see me broken, you can't see me at all. And that stuck with me, and it meant a lot of things to me over the years. But today, it, it means to me now more than ever, um, it is a, until you can understand the humanity of God, it's going to be hard to perceive the divinity of man. In other words, I got to be able to perceive and see and touch and taste and feel this reality of the humanity of God. And I was thinking today how jealous I I sort of am of the disciples because they experienced God from the from the humanity side. They experienced Jesus, the Christ, and he was revealed as the Son of God during their journey and process. And so, therefore, they got to see God walking in man and revealed that way, and they understood that process, so it made it easier for them to understand that now I'm going to walk right back where he came from and walk back to the garden from where I came. So God is God is in man reconciling the world so that man can walk back in God all the way back to himself. And to prove the point in John 20, when he resurrected, he told Mary, don't touch me, but go to my brethren and there I'll meet you and and in John 20, they were in, in a house, in a home, and, and gathered for fear of the Jews, and the doors were locked, and he actually appeared unto them, and they were frightened because they didn't know, even though he was in resurrected form, they didn't perceive the reality of who he was because, I mean, their world was shaken, and it's hard to um, it's hard to minister uh, revelation and insight and new things to people who are in fear and, and don't understand what's going on in the world and that's where we're at in our world right now um, if you can if you can receive it there's a there's a devastating situation going on in the world people are fearful um, we don't know who to trust church leaders are falling by the wayside and mismanaging funds um, the, the poor are getting poor the er, there's earthquakes there's there's so much devastation. There's so much going on around the world, and people are locked up for fear of the Jews. There's fear of, you know, we have the big uh, Muslim scare. We have um, our government is doing a good job of trying to keep stuff on track, but at the same time, uh, they're pre, you know, they sort of are promoting fear. You know, it's like I don't know if I want to drive. I don't know if I want to fly. I don't. I can't do this. I can't do that. And rightfully so, they're doing the right thing. But the the point is. Um, if you can see it, it's a picture of the of the church world being fearful in some realms and not knowing who to trust, who to believe. And, and Jesus himself came in and said, Peace be unto you, and they were still frightened. But then he says he showed them his hands and his side, and then it says were the disciples glad. They were glad because they recognized the humanity of God. And the humanity of God being able to see that brings peace knowing that everything be of good cheer john 16 i believe says i've overcome the world and so shall you and uh, so that's that's where we're at there's a whole nother story in that i don't want to get into it but man you, you need to think seriously about why were they glad when they saw the wounds that's all i'm going to say i have uh i have shared on this many times and i just keep getting more and more stuff about it but I think it's wonderful that the disciples got to see the humanity of God first and learn the divinity through the life of Jesus. 
and, they, and then the Christ was revealed and the Son of God was by revelation. It was perfect because everything was by revelation. And that's what's going to be in our life when people walk with us in our humanity and then our divinities side, our divine nature is being revealed and they're going to see us, see the Christos, the anointed, uh, the manifest Son of God, and they're going to see it. It's going to be the same pattern. So today... Uh, there's a couple of thoughts I want to leave with you. Number one, this this idea of um, revelation and seeing him who as he is. Um, in third John, in first John three two. Well, let's let's look at this this verse first. First Corinthians thirteen twelve says, "Now we see through a dark, now we see through a glass darkly or dimly or a mirror." But then face to face. Now we know in part, but then we shall know even as I am known. Now we see through a glass darkly. He says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought I was a child, but when I came a man, I put away foolish things. He says, now we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. And and, and I remember growing up in the kid in the church and and they always told us that that which is perfect is the scriptures or the holy word or the the bible and maybe 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 that's probably true in some realms and maybe it could say when the spirit has come and but i have to i i'm i'm sort of seeing now that when we know in part we prophesy in part in other words we we prophesy according to proportion of our faith we prophesy according to our perceptions we we move and live and move and 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 breathe and preach and see and see song see realms and see vision all of this has to do with where we're at in him in our perception but when that which is perfect which is called to to me is the perfect revealing of of him that which is in part will be done away for now we see in a mirror darkly are not perfectly clearly but then we'll see face to face and i will know now i know in part but then i shall know even as i'm known and i remember singing one night at a meeting and we always used to talk about i want to know you the way that you know me now i know he knows me completely yet i'm longing to know him the way he knows me and it says over there in first john 3 2 that beloved now we are the sons of God, and it does not. And and I, I mean, let me just stop here. I'm, we talked the last time about God is who you think He is, and He He won't be any more than. And a miracle is when He unveils a part of Himself that pulls you into Him beyond what you thought you could already believe. That's a revival right there. But revelation is actually seeing him a picture of him or seeing a part or a piece or or a, a substance or a nature or a characteristic of him that you've never seen before and it it doesn't it actually doesn't go with or in lines to everything else in other words it brings you to a whole nother realm of seeing him so now we're talking about this revelation in closing today because of the value of seeing him as the humanity of God. It was the humanity of God that resurrected the divinity in man. We can become him because he first became us. And he became us without losing anything of who he was. 
And in First John 3, 2, it says, We beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And there's a big statement there. And every man that has his hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. It says that we shall see him as he is because we shall be like him. And we are changed from in from his image, from glory to glory, from hope to hope to faith to faith. We can never become what we can't see. We, we can't be what we can't perceive. That's why it's so important that your revelation knowledge of him is about him and not about the earthquakes and not about that's all great that we've turned revelation knowledge into eschatology in other words everything we talk about revelation is always put off in the future it's always like the judgment coming or the preparation of the bride or some vision of him riding in on a horse which is all part of it but the reality is revelation is the unveiling of him in the now it's not always about what's going to happen in the end. And I, I remember when he was getting ready to be resurrected in Acts, they asked him, what should be the sign of your coming? What is the revelation that we need to look for? What's going to be the sign? He said, it's not given to you to know. That's not even important, but go unto Jerusalem and be a witness. In other words, be, be worried about the revelation of me, not of what's going on. So on 13... Or in First John three two it says, "It does not yet manifest or appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall manifest, we shall be. We shall manifest with Him. And as He manifests, see, remember we talked a lot about in the past of these trainings. If you've been keeping up to track, we've been talking about the creative reality and the manifestation reality. And God is the Creator. Now we are the manifester, and the whole earth is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God." And that's sort of where we're at right now. So I want to I want to encourage you in this reality of the revelation. The word revelation, just uh, real quickly, because it says we shall see him as he is. The word revelation is used, um, I don't know, ten times in the New Testament. And every time in the New Testament it's talking about how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery of his will. Paul says to the Galatians, I went up and I came to you by revelation and neither I was taught of man, Galatians 1, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. And the, the word revelation is apocalypsis, which we get apocalypse, and how we've turned this great unveiling into a futuristic event, when the reality is it's an unveiling of the mind's eye or your spirit to see him as he really is. And the only way you're going to do that is get, get it revealed to you. And so today I want you to contemplate the idea of the humanity of God because it's very, very, very critical and important to the process of you becoming like him. Because I ask people all the time, and I'm going to leave you with this thought, is it harder for God to become like man, to become man, or for man to become like God? That's a tough question, but it's something that you have to answer and you have to be able to process it, and there's no right or wrong answer but through the revelation, you'll be able to rightly divide. And, and one does not go without the other. And that's the reality I want you to see. Um, we have no problem seeing that he can become like us. Our problem lies in the reality 
that I could become like him. I believe that you listening to this could become like him easily before I could because I know me. And so this this knowledge is uh, wonderful, but it's uh, frustrating because it gets in the way of me becoming like him. And that's why he says you got to become a child and have childlike faith and just believe that it is. So today my question is, is it harder for God to become man or for man to become like God? Till we see you again, this is uh, Mark from Real You Podcast, prophetsplanet.com. Pass the word on. Um, contemplate these things. Email me, let me know. And God bless. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.